One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie X. And if you can't tell, I'm officially out of the closet, guys. I'm hey. back home. There's a persistent sound of snow melting outside my window, and someone keeps chainsawing. But other than that, we are back on track, and it feels <laughs> really good. <laughs> Got a strong internet connection, ready to talk about some murder. Let's do it. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Sadie's telling the tale today, so take it away. This is the story of the psychopathic killer, Paris Bennett. Oh my God. Off to a good start. Mm-hmm. On the night of February 5th, 2007, a dispatcher at the Abilene, Texas Police Department received a chilling 911 call. We'll play the call for you now. Oh boy. Abilene 911. Hello? Abilene 911, go ahead. I, 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 actually, I accidentally killed somebody. You think you killed somebody? No, I know I did. My sister. Okay, where's your sister now? She's in the bed. Is she breathing? No, I look. I feel so messed up. Okay, calm down, okay? I want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what's your sister's name? Her name is Ella. Ella Bennett. How what old is Ella? Four. She's four years old? How old yes. are you? Thirteen. Is she bleeding anywhere? Yes, she's bleeding all over the bed. Because I stabbed her. What did you stab her with? A knife. Okay, where'd you stab her? Um, lots of places. Okay, Paris, where's the knife? It's on the bed with her. I didn't mean to. I, was I, I know, Paris. Okay, I want you to stay calm for me, okay? Okay, what, listen to me. Paris? You got me a teen case today? I got you a terrible oh, teen case. Oh, shit. 
Oh my god, you should see my face. Four-year-old sister? Yes. Uh, okay. Thirteen-year-old um, Harris killed his four-year-old baby sister. Oh my god. Yeah, trigger warning you guys for violent assault and violence towards a child. When police arrived, they found little Ella on the floor next to her bed with stab wounds all over her body. She was declared dead at the scene. An autopsy would later show that she had been severely beaten, sexually assaulted, strangled, and then stabbed more than 17 times. There was a cluster of deep stab wounds on Ella's chest, along with numerous cuts to her fingers, wrists, and forearms, indicating that she'd fought back. When detectives arrested 13-year-old Paris and brought him in for questioning, he told them his mom had gone to work that night and had left Paris and his sister with a babysitter. Once Ella was asleep, Paris told the babysitter it was fine for her to leave. He would keep an eye on his sister until his mom got home. Oh, no. At first, Paris said that once the sitter left, he started experiencing hallucinations that made Ella look like a demon, so he decided to kill her. But his story would quickly change, and he would tell police that he was mad at his mom, who had been sober for years but had recently relapsed. He had wanted to kill her because she had disappointed him and felt abandoned. Oh, boy. After thinking about it, he decided not only would it be easier to kill little Ella, it would also be the ultimate revenge against his mom. One child dead, the other behind bars. Great plan, kid. One detective who interviewed Paris the night of the murders wrote in his report, quote, At times during the interview process, Paris would appear as if he were attempting to cry. However, he did not appear to be sincere with these attempts. At no time did he have tears come to his eyes. Mm, terrifying. Meanwhile, police arrived at the bar where Charity, the mom of Paris and Ella, worked to tell her Ella was dead and that her teenage son had been the one to kill her. God, uh, you're just slinging some brewskis and next thing you know. She worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, no. Yeah. She described having to identify her daughter's body and then four hours later going to the defense attorney's office to try and help her son. Quote, the only child I had left. She was shocked that Paris had killed his little sister. My God. Charity grew up in a well-off, wealthy family with her mother, Kyla, and her father, Bobby. Her father owned a family trucking business with his father, and Kyla also started to work there after they were married. Charity's parents divorced in 1973 after only being married for a year, but they eventually got back together and remarried in 1980. But only 48 hours after their second wedding, Bobby was found in their home, murdered. (gasps) No. Mm Mm-hmm. He had been shot four times in the back of the head. Charity was only five years old at the time of her father's death. Charity's mother, Kyla, stood to inherit Bobby's portion of the trucking company worth millions and a $100,000 life insurance policy that he had very recently put in Kyla's name. Wow. Mm -hmm. Police found evidence of a murder-for-hire plot and decided Kyla had hired someone to kill her husband. She was arrested and brought to trial, but after showing Bobby had ties to organized crime and a lack of evidence to tie Kyla to the murder, the jury found her not guilty. No way. Yeah, I guess it was a real hot case. It was in Georgia in the 80s. Just super wealthy, like, attractive couple. Murder for hire. Yeah, big time. 
totally. After the trial, Charity lived with her mother and a revolving door of stepdads. Her mother would marry more than eight times while she was growing up. Wow. Mm -hmm. Charity wasn't close to her mom, who lived a lavish lifestyle away from her children. Kyla loved to party, but says that she never did drugs or drank around her kids. She always made sure they were with their nanny. Charity became a wild teen and found herself addicted to heroin by the time she was 17. Despite her addiction, she managed to graduate high school with honors and was able to sober up after graduation. A few months later, she started dating Paris's dad and was struggling with her sobriety, finding life to be hard despite being sober. And now she didn't have any escape. Mm. So she talked a lot about how um, when she was in the process of getting sober, everybody was like, oh, you know, everything will be better and fine once you are sober. And this is the cause of all your problems. And then she got sober and was like, no, I still have all my problems and I don't get to I don't have, have my self-medication. Right. Yep. Yeah. She was so unhappy she thought about overdosing to end her life. She gave herself one month. If things didn't get better, she would be done. <sighs> Soon after making this decision, at 18 years old, she found out she was pregnant. Knowing she would soon be a mom changed everything. She had a purpose and something to look forward to. She says Paris saved her life. Dang it. Paris Lee Bennett was born on October 10th, 1993. He was described as a calm child who was very smart. Paris's dad had left them when Charity was still pregnant, but he would come back into their lives when Paris was just 17 months old. But Charity says that she knew something was wrong. Paris's father would eventually be diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia with audio and visual hallucinations. Uh-oh. After this, he only had limited contact with his son. Oh, man. I know. Murder grandma. Mm-hmm. Like, stack those cards. mental illness Stack them right on up against mm-hmm. the poor kid. Paris was never very social or outgoing, even as a baby. He started to draw detailed pictures at the age of three and was a straight-A student once he started school. In affidavits filed in court, teachers said things like, quote, Paris was one of the most intelligent students I've taught in 27 years, or, quote, I had never had a student of his intelligence. A reading teacher told authorities that Paris had a vocabulary, quote, equal to a college graduate when he was just in the sixth grade. Wow. When Paris was in grade school, he and Charity briefly lived in Alabama, where she met Ella's dad. The romance quickly resulted in Charity finding out she was pregnant. When Paris learned he was going to be a big brother, he started throwing temper tantrums and told his mom he didn't want to share her. Mm. He would bang his head against the wall and throw glass in the house to break it. Paris was nine years old when his baby sister, Ella, was born on April 12, 2002. Charity said once she brought the baby home, everything changed and Paris fell deeply in love with his sister. Ella adored her big brother, too, and the pair became inseparable. But other family members said that Paris grew to resent Ella because Charity adored her. Mm-hmm. Ella could do no wrong, and Paris was no longer the center of her world. Charity's relationship with Ella's father soon fizzled, and in 2005, she moved the kids to Dallas to be closer to her mother, who had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. As the years passed, Ella grew into a bright, friendly child. She was described as very outgoing and opinionated. Charity said Ella was known to walk into a room and say, quote, I'm Ella. Y'all can have fun now. 
You're kidding me. Okay, <laughs> stealing that one. No. That's there's, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. that goes over the story, and it's mostly from Charity's point of view. Mm-hmm. And But there's a ton of home video and pictures, and you get a real sense of who these people are. Mm-hmm. And my God, little Ella, adorable, sassy pants. Oh, God. Like funny, sweet you could just tell. I mean, she's four years old. Yep. Any four-year-old you've ever met, just perfect. Yes, want to be friends with them. Like yes. trying to, I find myself trying to impress little kids that are that age. Yes, like we're peers. Yes, like little cowboy boots and oh, her hip always cocked to the side, like oh super sassy. I know. She followed her big brother everywhere he went and wanted to be just like him. As Paris got older, his anger grew. He was unusually rough with his little sister, often shaking her and hitting her really hard. Oh my god, worst case scenario. No. Uh, can you imagine if your no. sons were not best, best, best friends? Yeah, and they are best friends, and they still, when they beat each other up, it is so stressful. <laughs> you know, yeah. They don't even do it out of anger. I mean, no, I right, don't know if they've kids. ever really hit each other out of anger yet. It's right. mostly wrestling and like, it's stressful. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't imagine having one, especially the much older one. Mm-mm. He was nine when she was born, you know, much older. In 2006, he tried to stab Charity after the two got into an argument. Charity decided to have him admitted into a mental hospital for psychiatric evaluation. But after only a week, she decided to have him discharged. Oh, God, that would we- be hard. I mean, mm-hmm. your kid needs help, but the guilt... Yeah, and I couldn't find any stories or, you know, that anything was, like, super fucked up. It wasn't like right. he was... Like he tried finding, to poison his siblings or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. like, no, you know, tortured animals or, like, super, right. super bad signs. Just right. bad enough that, I mean, trying to stab your mom is pretty intense. Right. Um, but, you know, it wasn't... I didn't get the impression that there was any huge red flags right. at this point. When she picked him up, the doctors urged her to keep Paris in the hospital. When she refused, they told her to be careful because Paris had homicidal tendencies. Oh my god! God! Ella would be murdered three months later. After Ella's murder, Charity worked hard to understand what happened that night. At first, she believed Paris' story about having hallucinations and thought he could be taking after his dad, who had schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. She learned that after brutally murdering his sister, Paris had called a friend to say he'd hurt his sister. Mm-hmm. This call lasted nearly six minutes. When he hung up, he waited two more minutes before calling 911. Mm-hmm. When he called 911, a dispatcher told Paris to move Ella from the bed, which was covered in blood, to the floor to perform CPR. He was very resistant at first, but then agreed to try. On the call, the dispatcher tells Paris to give Ella 30 chest compressions at a time. Paris puts down the phone and can be heard counting out the compressions. But when police arrived at the scene, they found Ella on the ground by the bed, but she was lying on her side, almost rolled over to her stomach. There was very little blood on the ground. It was clear that Paris never tried to resuscitate her. That little scoundrel. Mm-hmm. After reading the autopsy report and learning they had found semen on Ella's body, Charity knew her son was lying about the hallucinations. 
she went to the juvenile facility where he was being held and confronted him. Charity remembers saying, quote, I know you did this on purpose. I know you were lying. She said that Paris got quiet. Then there was this whole shift in his demeanor. Mm. Quote, it was like this whole other person took over. He just started laughing at me. He said, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so scary. He said, quote, Well, it took you fucking long enough. Oh my God. Paris then grew violent when she asked about the semen detectives had found flipping a table onto her before storming off and punching a wall. I'm fucking terrified of this kid. Yeah, man. There, I'm telling you, you got to go watch. There's, uh, what's that asshole? Pierce. Pierce Morgan. Morgan does mm-hmm. an interview with him. There's a whole documentary. There's just a lot available. Mm-hmm. And the kid is terrifying Spooky. <laughs> like dead on stare huge brown eyes just like stares straight into your soul very matter of fact super Mm-mm. smart Mm-mm. like terribly articulate it's Mm-mm. it is the thing of nightmares <laughs> it's so so scary where do these people come from well they come from a psychopathic grandma and a schizophrenic father but yeah god that's mm-hmm. just too much yeah. I can't imagine so scary. your little child just flip, switch flipped. Here's mm-hmm. the bad one of me. Yeah. And by all, all, you know, everything I read, it's interesting too, because Charity seems like a really good mom and just, mm-hmm. you know, sort of what you'd picture a Southern woman working at Buffalo Wild Wings, like smart yep. a, and a good mom. Dan That's because some this. of them just come out bad. They yeah. just do. Yeah. They just can't. Ugh, it's too spooky. No. At first, Paris didn't talk much inside the detention center. He wrote letters and drew pictures, but within the first few weeks, he began refusing to follow simple directions. Two months before his sentencing, he punched a peer several times in the face on the basketball court. The boy never fought back. Later that month, he flooded his room and then lunged at the staff that responded. Mm. One evaluator who worked with Paris wrote that he appeared to be genuine in many of his statements during treatment. Quote, when discussing his offense, meaning the murder, he was smiling. This causes some concern. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) You know, I love these like very matter of fact reports like, yeah, understatement of the century. (laughs) He was smiling while describing his brutal assault and murder of his sister, and I defecated in my own pants yes. and proceeded to never sleep again, is what my report would say. Cleat my eyes closed when I talked to him because he <laughs> stares straight into my soul. <laughs> I can't. Mm-mm. Staff reported multiple times that Paris tried to manipulate them into giving him his mother's address in San Antonio, where she Mm-mm. had moved shortly after the murder. Yeah. She does not want him to have it. <laughs> Paris was evaluated by at least two different forensic psychologists after Ella's murder. One wrote that Paris was at moderate risk for developing psychopathic traits, characteristics, and tendencies. And also wrote, quote, it would appear that Paris has pathological narcissism. <laughs> I don't think he is going to develop them. I think he has done developed them <laughs> already. Yep. Paris would ultimately plead guilty to first degree murder. During Paris's sentencing hearing, Charity remembers not knowing which side of the court to sit on, feeling caught between her two children. 
Ugh. A bailiff finally put a chair in the middle aisle for her to sit on. Charity wanted Paris to be held accountable. Quote, I also wanted to know what was wrong with him, why this happened, and how to help him. Mm. Paris was sentenced to 40 years in prison. He would spend the first five years in a juvenile facility and then be transferred to an adult prison after he turned 19. Wow. Yep. He will be eligible for parole after serving half his sentence, which is in 2027. I knew you were going to say it was soon. I know. He will be 33 years old at that point. That is probably the scariest part of this whole story. Yep. After Paris was sentenced, Charity was told by one of the psychiatric evaluators that Paris was a sociopath. She decided to have him further evaluated, and a hair psychopathy checklist youth version was conducted on him a number of different times. One of his evaluators told her to stop spending money trying to help him and start spending money on creating a new identity for when Paris is released from prison in the future. (gasps) He was certain Paris would kill Charity if ever let out. That, yep, done, done. I know, like, what do you do with that? I just can't, I, you know, like, you still love your child, despite him completely destroying your life. And you just have to, like... You gave birth to him. You built him, and you brought him into this world, and he is going to do whatever it takes to take you out of it. That is... (laughs) For no reason. For really no, like, other than his feelings got hurt once when he was 12. Or whatever. Right. Right. Nope. 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 Because she had the audacity to have another kid. Yeah. And to think about drinking again or whatever. Mm -hmm. No. In an article from the San Antonio Current titled Murder Destroyed Charity Lee's Family Forever Altered Her Concept of Justice by Michael Barajas, he writes, quote, the idea that psychopathic tendencies can be detected in children remains controversial. There's no accepted standard test for psychopathy in children, and some psychologists argue that it's almost impossible to diagnose in children or teenagers because their brains are still developing and normal behavior at those ages may be misinterpreted as psychopathy. I think that some of those behaviors are pretty fucking clearly psychopathy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's like, hmm, that seems odd. And then there's murdering your baby sister. Yeah, yeah. Researchers have linked psychopathic behaviors to low levels of cortisol in the brain and below normal function in the amygdala, which Mm -hmm. is the portion of the brain that processes fear, shame, and remorse. Mm -hmm. Still, a small but growing number of psychologists now say that psychopathy, like autism, is a distinct neurological condition that can be identified in children as young as five years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Last year, the New York Times magazine profiled on this last year when this article was written, which I think was in like 2012 or 2013. So not last year in 2019, just to be clear. So last year, the New York Times magazine profiled the work of Florida International University psychologist and researcher Dan Washbush. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good name. (laughs) It's a really good name who employs a combination of psychological checklists and examines to screen for what he calls, quote, callous, unemotional children, Mm. whose lack of affect, remorse, or empathy, he contends, put them at risk for becoming psychopaths as adults. So as the years passed, Charity tried to put her life back together. She had another child in 2013, 
a boy who she named Phoenix. Whoa, playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Charity allows very minimal contact between Phoenix and Paris, but says every word Paris says to him, she scrutinizes, and she's terrified of what Paris might do if he's let out of prison. I'm very surprised. I mean, God, what do you do? But I'm surprised that she lets them know each other. Yeah, she talks about that some in the documentary, just sort of how stuck she is. She feels so torn. and I can't imagine. Yeah. She knows, like, she seems super aware of how dangerous he is and also just can't completely abandon him. Yeah. And, does, you know, she really just doesn't know what to do. And no. Sort of hopes he never gets let out and sort of doesn't want him to be in a system that's not there to support him, you know, to help him deal with his issues. Can they yeah, be dealt with? Yeah. Right. Oh, God. I can't. No. <laughs> no. I can't no. imagine. Awful. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, watching the documentary, they show the, the baby who's now, you know, like a toddler and long blonde hair that she keeps long and pulls back in a ponytail and he has one of his ears pierced and mm. you know so it's sort of like yep just sort of rem- i'm wondering mm-hmm. sort of I get the, what you're putting down yeah like what healing yeah. is she getting by having another chance yeah um you know how much of ella is she putting into her new kiddo yeah yeah Ugh. <laughs> she's almost cut ties with paris twice The first time was when he filed for emancipation, shortly after he was transferred to a youth correctional facility. Wow. Yeah, he was like, thanks, Mom, for still supporting me. I'm out of here. Um, Yeah, fuck you. God. The second time was when she read a letter Paris wrote to one of his counselors. In it, her son talks about murdering Ella in vivid, terrible detail. He even says that stabbing Ella felt like, quote, stabbing a marshmallow. (laughs) he talks about his deep resentment towards his mother because of her drug use he also talks about his fascination with death and how instead of calling a teacher a family member or a friend to talk about his concerns with his mother he quote settled on the morbid Mm. another key motive to my offense he writes i wanted to see someone die yep Shortly after reading this letter, Charity went to visit Paris and asked him why he didn't just kill her instead of Ella. He responded, quote, God damn it, Mom, just get over it already. It's been almost two years. People die all the time. Oh, my God. She asked Paris why he didn't just kill her, too. Quote, he told me that it would have me put out of my misery, that this way I was going to suffer forever. <laughs> and that is the story. Uh- Oh my god. I'm gonna suffer forever from that one. It's in my bones now, it's in my soul. (laughs) Oh just so terrifying. The thought that it's real. God, I was just having a conversation with Laura about how doing this podcast just breaks your mind open to so many different things and that some of these cases are so crazy it just doesn't seem real and mm-hmm. the fact that people and not just her like what thousands of people in this world right now this is their reality their kid is a psycho actual right. psychopath i can't, i how what etc like i can't <laughs> I <laughs> you know, know. I know. 
I don't know either. And like the just, universe is is capable of creating such awe, beauty, wonder, and then such horror. I can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, guess I you can't, can't have one without the other. I just can't imagine that that your own child, your kid, is your nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's your. Oh my god. Okay, I'm getting ready to send you a picture of him. We'll post uh, it. I don't. He's already in my bones and my soul. I don't need him in my eyes and my brain, too. Yeah, kind of do, though. Fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. He is this so much scarier than you can even begin to imagine. I thought he was going to be kind of, like, hot and, like, um, American Psycho. Yeah, that's not the best picture of him. <laughs> to well, you, yeah, because he looks get the... like a golem or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh boy. So oh yeah. Scary. He's gorgeous in the bottom picture. He's a beautiful little child. Yeah. Really okay. Is. Yeah. That's what I was picturing. Like total American dreamboat kid. Mm-hmm. Like a boy. It looks like he could be in a boy band. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. But no. All of his like angel <sighs> pictures are really terrifying. Yeah. He's going for it. He's like, let's just the juice is loose. Let's <laughs> let this crazy uh, right on out. Mm-hmm. Damn yeah. it. Wow. Yes, yeah. I loved that one. I That wins. You just, you're like, I'll see your teen decapitation <laughs> slash senseless murder of a couple and their baby, and I will raise you the most horrible story you've ever heard in your life. I know. Done. I know. I even had Sorry, text, guys. I had to text Courtney and was like, does this name ring a bell? <laughs> I was sure it was on her list somewhere. <laughs> I almost gave it to you as a gift, like, here, you can tell this one. But I was like, nah, it's my turn. No, I already have, like, 75 teen stories. It's so, it's like I have to, I'm not actively looking for them. It's just, teenagers do crazy shit. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's not like, teens don't just kill somebody. Like, they kill somebody for the worst reasons in the worst ways. And I can't, like, I it's not like I like the gore of it, but the psychology of it is, it just, I can't stop going down that rabbit hole. So I'll even think that it's not a teen story. And then I realize halfway through, you know what yes. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. oh God. Oh no, I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. So, yep. Definitely. I think uh, Charity's written a book. There is a documentary. There's, if you want more, there's plenty oh, more to. Hundred percent watching into. the documentary tonight. Yes, a hundred percent. Yep. Poor little Ella. God. She's so cute too. Mm-hmm. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, not that. I mean, her funniness. You know that I think that funny people should get an extended stay in this world. But. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Damn it. We're also recording today at in the morning at like 10 a.m. because schedules are all out of whack and stuff but it's somehow scarier during the day you know i don't like daytime horror i don't like it it's mm-hmm. scary like what's that ari aster's second movie not hereditary the other one that i didn't like either but i it, what's that fucking called midsummer god oh. sorry guys hated that movie but it was very effective that it all took place during the day i don't like daytime horror mm-hmm. Keep that shit to the night, I know. please. Ryan's out of town for a few days, and yesterday, I was it was the middle of the day. I have a little, like, workout station in my garage or whatever, so I was... It had, uh, <laughs> I had my 
I my what are they called? Earbuds in earbuds. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to Spooked, which is a great podcast for true scary stories. People yeah. Want to listen, but I was listening to it, and it was really rainy and stormy yesterday. And I think it was just a big gust of wind, but something hit the garage door <laughs> hard. And my children are in the room next to me, like in the front room, right off the garage. And I got so scared. I had to like throw my phone down. I ran in there. I was like, are you guys okay? And I totally freaked them out. You know, neither of them really like to be out of my sight at this age, right. you know? Right. And it's, so it's, it's a lot for me to just go in the room next to them and do a workout without them next to me. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was like, yeah. Oh God. Scarier so. in the day. Yeah. Keep that shit to the night. I'm expecting it at night. I'm expecting scary shit. I'm like, well, that's definitely an axe murderer. Here comes yep. my fate. I'm just resigned to it. But during the day, no. Mm-mm. No. So once are <laughs> fucking grocery shopping and work. That's it. Totally. Period. Yeah. Once I was done with my workout, I came in and we weren't going to go anywhere after that. And so I locked all the doors, <laughs> including the garage door. <laughs> you know, like it already has another door. Anyway. <laughs> It's like, oh, not today. Not nope. today. Not today, <laughs> zombie demon. Keep that shit tonight. You can not, I'll unlock it at night. You can come on in. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. acceptable. Yep. None of this daytime bullshit. Mm-hmm. No. <sighs> well, so do you want a palate cleanser after that one? Yeah, please. Called names. More names. <laughs> Endless names. Okay, you guys. You are the best people that keep these names a-coming. I don't have a first name for this one, but somebody knew somebody with the last name Badcock. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was not a bad cock. It was just a misunderstood <laughs> cock. Just made poor, poor choices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, there was a... Somebody was a nurse, and there was a family who had just immigrated to this country. English was their second language. And they thought the name Motorola Quasar was really beautiful, which out of context, it it is really beautiful. So there's a 40-year-old man out there right now with the name Motorola Quasar, which I love love it. It keeps coming up. When we got the puppy, it was like, how about Motorola Quasar? It's really hard to say, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Emily Pot Gitter. Cute! (laughs) She's the one when everybody's like partying. She's the uh-huh. pot getter. Yep. <laughs> God, how many times has a poor girl heard that? She's probably oh, completely so sober and just straight and narrow because she doesn't want to be the pot getter because it's just yeah. she's like it's too easy. Yeah, yeah. She's like get a new joke, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's a furniture repairman named Johnny Stuff. <laughs> He fulfilled his destiny, just like the Sheets family in my town opening the bar. Um, There's actually a Mike Hunt out there, which I... I, How is that that possible? Mike Hunt. You get it? Haven't we had that one coming? No. That's just the joke. It's like an old... I remember going on a field trip in high school, and you had to like sign in to get off, off and on the bus and then she'd read out the right. role you know we got back <laughs> right. and some people would sign like Mike Hunt <laughs> it's real somebody knows an actual Mike Hunt, Hunt. <laughs> oh my god um Day Ann Knight 
Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and last but not least, Crystal Neff. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds to me uh, like an like an elementary school kid just saying it wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like playing drug dealer. Like I'm gonna go score some crystal meth. <laughs> oh god! Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you a million times. Thank you. Thank you forever and for always. Oh my god. What else? Anything else? Any shouty outies? No shouty outies today. Oh, good. Yeah, we got a fucking tsunami last week, so whew. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm kind of sad about it because right, you guys yeah. know I, how much I love a shouty outie. But yep, Patreon parties this weekend. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Yep. So still time to sign up. Saturday, like one day. 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Yeah, get going over to Patreon if you aren't already. Yep. Give us a three dollars. Yep. And then you can hang out. Yep. For a night of be. magic. <laughs> <laughs> magic, wonder, um, s- s- something intrigue. else. Yes, there's going to be intrigue. There's going to be humor. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be love, light, la- and laughter. Yeah. Courtney's going to think of a deep, dark secret to share with us all. Oh. <laughs> I just decided sure. right now. That is fine. And you guys probably already know it. So I'd be like, we've already heard this one before. <laughs> kind of an open book. But yeah, anything you want to know, I will tell you. <laughs> Honestly. Well, you know, but yes, I will probably tell you if you want to know. So come on over to Patreon party. <laughs> Deep For Dark Secrets. Secret hour. <laughs> Abounding. Can I tell you uh, what happened yesterday? Yeah. Uh, feeling really weird. Yesterday, I felt really really weird i woke up things felt off anxiety through the roof i felt like there was some sort of doom coming didn't know what like am i gonna have a heart attack is there a natural disaster does indiana sprout a volcano all of a sudden and get me definitely so i go through my day and people are weird my kids are weird i think there's a ghost in the garage you know i just felt really awful all day long totally and was texting with Courtney and a good friend of ours. And I was like, guys, I feel so... Like, today has felt awful and I'm, whatever. This has just been a hard day. And then our friend Sarah was like, oh, yeah, you know, COVID brain and daylight savings time. <laughs> I'm reading this text. And I was like, mother fucker. I completely forgot <laughs> that we had just... Like, this was our first full work day with and ryan's gone like things are just sort of weird anyway but like my my first full day with school and and stay like savings time like we're all just feeling terrible because it's a terrible thing to do to people to just shift their clocks around like that and as soon as i realized i was like oh the anxiety was gone the rest of the day was perfect like everything was wonderful It's like you gaslighted your own self. Like somebody came into your house and just shifted everything over two inches, but it yes, was you. Yes. It was your own self that yes. you just forgot about daylight saving. <laughs> so everything's just a little shifted. You're like, huh? Yes. I really I cannot so describe how crazy I felt. I, it felt awful and different. Not like, because I deal with anxiety every day, but this was different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slipping into okay. madness. Well, that... 
That uh, schizophrenia is kicking in finally. <laughs> no, no, it's just daylight savings, Sadie. It's just a clock ticking back. Uh, so, which yep. is the worst one? I hate it. Everyone's like, "Oh, I hate when I like it because it's light out later." Who yeah. fucking cares? You lose an hour. It's yeah. awful. Yeah, it's, it's just, all you just awful. don't recover. Yeah. No, it is. Both of them, especially. I used to like the fallback one when you can sleep in, but with children, it's just all fucking awful. No, yeah, just makes us all crazy. They don't sleep anymore after that. It's so anyway. my dog just stares at me for an extra hour at meal time. I mean, they just... yeah, that too. No, my dogs do. Harvey is that's the feeling yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, Harvey's completely obsessed with food, and it, it hits like three thirty or whenever he decides dinner time is, and he will yeah. just bark at you. And so, oh, yeah, man. it's just awful. Anyway, so feeling weird. You forget a daylight savings. Just remember, don't remember not to forget. <laughs> oh God! And in the meantime, <laughs> and in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at They Will Kill. You can email us at They Will Kill Podcast at gmail dot com. You can go to our website, which is They Will Kill dot com. Please rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, A.J. Bergantz, for our music. Thank you so much. And remember. Remember not to forget. Daylight savings. <laughs> throw it back. Kick it back. Spring it forward. on fire. Don't know. Spring it forward. It's not, we no longer have farming as our main source of mm-hmm. <laughs> income in this United States of America. And we also don't use the railroad system. And it's so, illegal to use children labor child labor yeah so it doesn't matter for the farm so uh let's just put it on one thing Mm -hmm. and keep it on one thing Mm -hmm. indiana used to be on one thing year round and then in like 2010 they were like oh you know what let's just jump on that train why why indiana Mm -hmm. why it's like the one thing you got right and then you got it wrong (gasps) yeah yes also i live in a place and this is why we never changed because i live sandwiched between two time zones in three different directions that's fucking weird Mm -hmm. yeah do you want to go get pizza in michigan nope it's closed because it's it's an hour ahead also when i got married i got married one block into michigan that was a hilarious (laughs) caper explaining that to our out-of-town guests like your clock is gonna flip back and forth the entire time you're never gonna know what time it is but just please show up to my wedding on time (laughs) nope (laughs) (laughs) actually i think people did pretty well no they really did everybody i know our aunts almost missed it because they were like ordering lunch and my mom was like um it's 4 p.m they're like no it's only noon "Ah, what's (laughs) happening god Anyway, we love you, we love you and guys. we continue to love you. And thank you for your notes and letters and texts and emails. Well, you don't text us. That's weird. But all the rest of it. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.